0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Self-Reg Show. We are so happy to be here with you. Uh, This is our first episode that we're filming on uh, the bright side (laughs) um, of the winter-spring change. We're into spring. How are you feeling?
1: Are you sure about that?
0: (laughs) Oh, I know. And and started saying that because yesterday we had a blizzard and I had thunder and lightning. It was crazy. You know, really crazy, but we're a couple of days away from April as we film this. You'll see it later in April uh, and just, uh, you know, really, really feeling spring. Or I am. Are you, Stuart?
1: Well, this morning, my day started off. We we uh, make our own maple syrup and usually we would have pulled all the tops around a week ago and it's so cold that we're thinking uh, another, at least another week of winter here. <laughs>
0: I Which always, means more sap. <laughs> I always like to think of, you know, there's that, that debate about the, is the cup half empty or half empty? Yeah,
1: another, there you full. go.
0: And, you know, but there's another way of thinking about that because cup half full sounds like it's just positivity. And it, 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 I think I often think of you, it's in a way, it's more than that. It's not just, oh, looking at the brighter side. It's like, yeah, you said this to me the other day, more sap. Another thing is sap, right? So I've had some of your syrup. It's pretty fabulous. Oh, did
1: you like it? Yeah, that's that yeah, first yeah. run.
0: <laughs> Ginny Stewart's wife gave me some the other day. Yeah, the 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 first run. It's uh, yeah, yeah. And those of you who have done courses with us in the past have probably seen um, the the smoke rising from what looks like a cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> I had people say you should really tell us what that is, but, yeah. <laughs> and it was your your older uh, your older uh, maple syrup making making equipment. Well, we are on to a really cool topic today for the episode of uh, The Self-Rake Show. And we're going to take, uh, for those of you that have been following uh, our journey in the last, I think, 10 episodes, I think this is number 11, uh, and Stuart's before that, uh, he did uh, uh, another podcast for us as well. Um, But those of you following the journey, it's been really anchored in a bit of science um, some long-standing science that links to self-reg or is part of self-reg in some way, and some surprises, and then conversations about that. And this week we're going to be taking uh, a hiatus from science. Although I'm here with, <laughs> well, I'm here with Stuart, so you know there is bound to be a bit of of, of, of science dropping in here somewhere. Uh, but we're really thinking today's episode. We were uh, we were thinking about uh leaders educational leaders and and I'm using the word educational in on purpose uh those of you working in the early childhood fields thank you we honor you and uh much of this is uh can equally apply just like those in the post secondary field we're going to have a very cool updated episode coming with news for um, all of you uh, that are interested in in uh, what's going on in universities and colleges, whether you're working in them, uh, you're hiring out of them, you have kids going to them, uh, there is some really cool news and, and stuff coming up ahead. But today we're just going to be really thinking about uh, schools, and and I I want to talk Stuart a little bit today. Um, about uh, self-reg and the things that we've learned along the way from from folks in schools and school leaders. Just before I turn it over to you for a couple of uh, first words before we start our convo here today, our conversation, I want to just frame that, that when I say a leader, I don't necessarily mean a principal um, or the, you know, a director of uh, of a center or what have you, I really mean uh, leaders of all of all different kinds and some leaders have people that report to them uh, you know there's uh, leaders in schools that are um, not just principals or are vice principals but those working in that are supporting um, children I was you know I had a, a, a title of program support which is like a special education. Uh, um, role in a school many dec- a couple of decades ago now, but that was a leadership role because I was supporting people in the school. Um, I also worked as, uh, you know, when I went back into the classroom after my stint as a VP and realizing that wasn't where my heart was, at least not in the, in the model uh, that was set up in the school where I was a VP... So I was a classroom teacher, but I became an informal leader. I was a mentor to others. I, you know, I was collaborating, but sort of became known as a bit of an informal leader. So leaders take all kinds and there's all different forms. And, you know, the, although this conversation specifies uh, thinking about self-reg and what we know in schools and what we've seen and heard and, and learned from others, uh, it really applies to anybody that is uh, a self-reg champion and trying to champion a bit of change, a bit of growth, a bit of uh, new thinking and applying of the science in their context. So where would you like, uh, or how would you like to respond to that, Stuart, before I, uh,
1: I dive more? I'm really glad that you qualified what we mean by leaders. Uh, I was thinking that right at the start. Um, way back when, when I was uh, traveling everywhere in Canada and visiting all sorts of schools, um over and over i was struck by how you know in one school the the leader was the custodian in another it was the receptionist in another it was one of the school bus drivers and uh, in many it was the principal that's absolutely true but it wasn't only the principal and i can't remember i don't believe you were at this meeting um, but I had this wonderful uh, meeting up in Rainy River, and um, they brought in the principal, uh, um, uh, Shannon, I've forgotten her last name now, um, and I can't remember, was it in Rainy River or Dryden, but it was one of those places. Dryden. Dryden. <laughs> and uh, Shannon brought, she was the principal, and she brought in this team to meet with me, to have a workshop with me. And ever since then, it's been, in my mind, my model of a school leader. At this meeting, she had every single member of the staff, all of the teachers, and she had a couple of students. So, yeah.
0: Neat. Yeah. is now a uh, a superintendent in, in their district in, in uh, and Patricia, and uh, she's a... Uh, She's a big supporter of our work and we're a big supporter of her. Yeah. I love that you started with that story because here is another story that actually links to that. And I don't know, we, we made the connection years ago, Stuart, but I don't know if you'll recall. So I just have to frame everything because Stuart started us in a great place. He talked about a school leader and uh, that was Shannon, who was a, a, a principal at the time yes. and very respected principal. Um, but also incredible at at collaborating with others
1: with a terrific director.
0: Yeah, with a terrific director as well. And and uh, you know, Sean uh, has moved on, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure he's still greatly greatly missed. They they did some amazing yeah. things. But here's the backstory to that that example that you just shared. So that would have been in uh, 2016, maybe 2017, uh, probably 2016. And I went in before you did, I went in with Linda Warren, who used to be, she's, she's retired and enjoying grandkids now. Uh, But the two of us went into that, that, uh, that district and we worked in a number of different schools. And I have a memory of sitting at a table. It would have been in the library, just like you did, (laughs) little, little people chairs. And, and I loved my time at that school and I'm sitting around with the team. So we've spent a day or two days, maybe at the school uh, and there's lots of lots of self-regish things, and then they've they've since gone on to do a lot more. Um, you know I remember that there were a lot of um like common corners and things like that yeah. and it and it' important, but there was there's more to it as well. so uh, but we're sitting around this table and um, we're talking and the joy in this group, the cohesion. Yes, sir. Of- there's research around that, by the way, that there's the cohesion of the team is reflected in yeah. um, in suspensions and things like that. Right. And it makes yep. sense. Those of you that are working in the early years, you know, that the kids, the kids pick up what's going on between the staff. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. and I've worked in places with other languages. Right. So in the Clicho, it was uh uh, it's cliche language, but I've also worked in in Italy, you know, and 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 I remember in, in the Italy example um, in the school I was had had uh, up to two, two years old as well. And they made a policy that they weren't they couldn't uh, that to be conscious of, of speaking in front of the kids in English or Italian because they 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 picked it up. Right. So I'm I'm just yeah. passing that along because that's all yeah. really interesting and relevant yeah. to leadership and a self-regulant. Um but this the thing I remember about this meeting, and I can still even see where I'm sitting isn't that fascinating? how things get anchored in our you know etched into our brain. It was so positive and so much energy, and they were like they went over yep. and above how they greeted kids and they walked yep. in the school, yep. and there was a lot of trauma in this school, a lot yep. was not you know a lot of people think they're in a really hard school this was a really hard school yep. and um and just the joy and and always trying to figure out what more can i do what more can i do and then this teacher who uh was a grade one teacher uh and she said to me uh so we're sitting around the table and all of a sudden she starts talking about one kid and she says this this kid and everybody's body language changed right and it was just instant you could feel this this uh, she went rigid is the thing that I noticed. And she was on the other end of the table of me. And this was one of the, these people that were around the table were there by choice. So that's a good thing to add that this team that Shannon put together were all there by choice. And so they had the spirit. And I was in this, this, this classroom as well. I saw it in the kindergarten it was fabulous. I was in it and I saw it, but she went rigid when she started talking about this kid. And uh, it was very, very clear that they, um, that this was a really challenging kid. Okay. So uh, I don't want to downplay that they, they said, uh, you know, they, they, and everybody was nodding, <laughs> right. I'm not sure Shannon was, but definitely some of the other teachers were, yeah, a difficult kid. Um, and just, there's no reaching him. And basically the, the kid from what I recall, I'm sure I, I'm, the details aren't exact, but he would sit at the back of the class whenever they would do certain subjects. You know, he'd be okay until he wasn't. Right? That kind of uh, uh, limbic priming. He had the, the, those uh, those signs that he used to talk about. I think you still do McEwen stuff of allostatic overload, which um, I always think of. Uh, it's just that zero to five hundred two seconds flat it takes forever uh, to come back down. Overreacts and was sort of volatile, and the volatile was was. Um, aggressive with friends and peers, but also um, a closed and he, he would say things like rude things to the teacher. And she just did not know what to do with this kid. Um, and, and so it was really an interesting moment because this whole team shifted and without realizing it, uh, had shifted to talking about the bad kid. Now, you got to hear this, people. These were good people, <laughs> loving educators. Uh, there, you know, it chose this, chosen this profession on purpose, actually a great deal of Shannon's work went into taking care. She was worried about, uh, vicarious trauma. She was worried about the team and all that kind of stuff and trying to take care of, because when we take on the load of kids, it's a lot and it, in, you know, it has to go somewhere. So she was really trying to take care of the team, um, as well as she could, so they could take care of others. Uh, but it was really interesting. They didn't use that language, of course, and they spoke respectfully, uh, but that can show up in all kinds of ways. And so, uh, you know, I don't always have the right questions. Uh, you're my, I've learned a lot from you ask a good question, (laughs) which you told me you learned from your dad, but ask, so I started asking questions and what, what happened wasn't just different answers, um, then that, that led us down a path that they did, but I watched their body. Like I just, I, I wasn't, even realizing I was doing it, but I felt a, a change. It was like everybody stopped breathing in the room. Right. You know? And so That's I started true. asking, I learned that this kid, um, so they, they told me right away that in kindergarten, um, he had done, uh, he had done better. And so the kindergarten teacher was, uh, she was really up on Ontario curriculum. So her room was, uh, very play-based. It had all kinds of different areas in it. She was very, um, you know, uh, it, there was a lot of child-led, a, a, a space for all of this and he did tended to do better there um although she still you know sh- she had had him I should say the year before and then he um and he had tended to do better there uh, but she also made space for you know a meltdown you got to go put your head on a pillow you go put your head on a pillow kind of thing right uh and so there was this idea the kindergarten the grade one had a different feel for it um, but there was this idea, like, it, it is a deterministic idea that that was, you know, developmentally, maybe he wasn't ready for kindergarten, Was sort of the, the hidden idea. And then we get talking and I ask questions and I'm like, okay, so what happened between, kin- so he was gr- pretty good in kindergarten, we, we, and then in grade one, what happened? Oh, he went away to another community uh, and they knew that it wasn't by choice, so I'll, I'll leave out the details. But it wasn't by choice, and he was living with grandparents, um, and that he had moved to a small community, and now he was back. You know, so so that was a piece of the puzzle, and not to do any don't don't be stuck on that. That is just. Uh, an opportunity for you to find the compassion and notice okay. <laughs> this kid clearly has has a heavier backpack. Then he came back and uh, there's no friend groups, so he doesn't have friend groups. and it gets turned around that the kids are afraid of him, but he doesn't have friend groups. But the magic was, you know, asking the teacher um, about her relationship with him. And here's what I saw, Stuart. I saw this magic where she said, i try and all of a sudden i real, you know just she said i've tried so hard and i know he's had a rough go and and i i just don't know what to do it was such a heavy pro-social stress on her uh-huh. to not be able to connect with this kid and in a way you once years ago when i used to feel bad about how i responded to my daughter when she would cry with leg pains in the middle of the night And I would do my best to do the right things, but I would feel all rigid. And you said, it's the stress of not being able to soothe her. It was very much, that helped me. And this was very much about this teacher not being able to connect. And, 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 you know, and then you stop trying, you kind of make it about the kid are really high and, and, and it, it didn't have all the answers, but until we see differently and the, the, her body language just changed. I did my best to protect so that there's no blaming. This wasn't blame. This was like an aha moment, right? And beginning, because they were working on a solution of having him spend half days in kindergarten. You know, that's nice if it's a safe space. It's not necessarily, and this was a smaller community, but why are we doing that? And we're assuming he can't do, you know, he actually was capable of a lot more. So the reason I share that story. That's right, a good uh, story is because you went a month after me and you came back and you told me, you're never gonna believe this kid that I saw. You went in and were in this grade one class and you said you wouldn't believe how they're dealing <laughs> and it was the kid. right? It was the same yeah, was the same classroom. you told me about this teacher who was amazing. And, uh, and all of that fell under leadership. So we did not plan to go there with that story, folks. We don't plan much, except for our topic, occasionally a couple of questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, what a lovely way to start.
1: So I do remember that, kid.
0: <laughs> I bet um, you can see the face. <laughs> yes,
1: I can. Um, you know, I'm sort of, I should tell everyone, I'm under orders here not to do science, so I won't, <laughs> but... <laughs>
0: Well, you can do a little bit if you need to. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm going to do it in a sort of general way. Um, uh, Susan and I are just um, beginning another, a new series, uh, a new course, which will be pretty heavy in the science. And we're doing, um, we're looking at really deep systems. And, you know, there's a, very general a very simple question here why am why are we doing this why are we um why are we pushing self-riggers to learn about these deep subcortical systems and it's an essential part of reframing and what i mean by that is in this little boy that susan's describing when you begin to understand the various things that have gone on high alert in his brain how these systems shut down other uh higher functions things like listening things like feeling empathy things like being calm you see um you know and this is the famous self-right um dictum you know you're seeing the child differently you actually see a different child Uh, so our dictum is you know see the child differently you see a different child and here seeing differently means you know it's sort of like having x-ray vision you understand that these behaviors are telling you something about what's going on um you know deep 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 and you realize that what this child needs from me at this moment is that child needs security. That's what all these systems are telling me. That child needs me to be there. That child doesn't need me to explain anything. And in fact, if you try explaining stuff to a kid that's in this state, that's a stress too. It's a stress just listening. And, uh, you know, I'm sure every parent knows exactly what I'm describing here. When your child is, let's say, in red brain, um, they don't want an explanation. They don't want to. They certainly don't want a lecture. They just want us to maybe not even touch them, just be there, quiet. Um, or hold them or, or or stroke their arm whatever but they all they need their needs have really in neural terms regress to the needs of of a baby of an infant um, they need just comfort So here's this little guy that Susan's describing and he's been through um, you know some pretty tough, stressful uh, a, a, a very stressful experience he's come back he doesn't have that uh that peer group that he needs and what's happened to him is um he can't by himself turn off his alarm he can't turn off his amygdala he needs us to do it and we don't turn off the amygdala by uh by um you know talking to him about uh you know what he needs to do we just be we just have that simple interbrain presence okay one of the points i wanted to make today is I have seen the most extraordinary response from self-reg leaders. Uh, Our kids have gone through um, a pretty harrowing time, Um, a time that's not that dissimilar to what Susan just described, a time when they've been stripped of their uh stripped of their peer group Um, when they do have peer interaction the peers are hyper aroused so not a source of co-regulation but instead a source of ramping it up Um, they've been frightened they've been overstressed they've been made to be alone all these things and our school leaders have responded in the most, at least the ones I'm familiar with, in the most extraordinary way. I never dreamt that they could do this. Um, They have been exactly what I'm describing now. Um, I have a younger boy with pretty severe ADHD, and he took COVID pretty hard. And uh, his, his teachers, VP, principal, what they have done with him is simply being there for him made him aware that they are there for him they're not trying to you know force him back into doing well in school and by the way he's doing it on his own as what they've done is trying to reduce the stress of coming back reduce the stress of tackling a subject and that's what i saw in this school, that these self ragers had stopped trying, you know, you know, it's a very self-controlist approach. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to get him to behave properly. Instead, all they were doing was being there, comforting him, reducing where they could, uh, relaxing where they could. And I have seen this, um, I won't mention, well, let me mention one name. So the director of my kids, um, of my younger boys' school district is Renee Russo. And she has been the most extraordinary source of self-rig leadership. And you can feel this filtering down through every every single staff member teacher that my kid is coming in contact with. And I'm seeing this now from the stuff you send me. I'm seeing this across the country. So um, I am inspired. I was inspired by how those teachers in Dryden um, sucked you and me dry. you know, you know, they were so that pro-social tribe, and I am inspired by the way our school leaders are reaching out to us, reaching out to me uh t- to me and you you know give us more tell us more teach us more um I hope you're going to tell me that we're about to do that
0: <laughs> we are and I have to just tell you if you saw me look away it was because I was checking my phone I have the same director of education for my daughter I knew it wasn't Renee Russo because she was in a film
1: <laughs> uh, let's not wait uh,
0: it's Rita. It's Rita Russo. <laughs> yeah, Renee
1: Russo is uh, is an actress. You're quite
0: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had to. I had to look that that all up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Rita. <laughs> she's,
0: been a, she's been a director for a couple of years. I now. like I
1: Renee can, Russo can, too.
0: Emails and there's lots of uh, uh, progress. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Equity and um, you know it's interesting to see where 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 the years will uh, will lead it. But I I I share a Stewart's hope and you know we're gonna today talking about um taking care of leaders and educators and our own well being too uh because I just want to you know that this we're not bottomless pits. Uh I, I always I always think of myself as a teacher first. So if I say no, we, that's, no, 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 that's great. We're not bottomless pits. And we need to think about that as well. And and uh um but I'm just going to share a, a, a couple of things uh and and invite all of you that are especially if you're listening as a parent um, I hear lots of parents that are really concerned about what goes on in schools and not seeing uh, the self-reg that we're talking about. And it can be really hard as a parent. I, I get it personally, you know. Uh, and yet the progress is is forward. And I really think we need to always remember uh, that showing up at that job every day, especially yep. right now, is not an easy job. Yep. And when we understand, yep. just like even that that teacher, when I was sitting at that table that day, Uh, That that there was something more going on because that wasn't who she was. So why did the lockup come? Like, why do we go more self-control? Why do we hear these, you know, or even have really good people who maybe know some of the science and then we're, you know, we're doing the tensions and we're doing, I don't know, whatever versions of things that we're doing to solve problems. Um, we revert to that sort of that self-control it's all in the kid and it's something that that's going on in our brain and body too right so you really gotta start there in self-reg we're never talking about a free-for-all so if you think we're saying oh you just threw a rock through the school window no problem you have a rough life (laughs) you threw a rock through the window we gotta deal with that and I know that's not you. This You're not okay, <laughs> right? And what can we do? What can we do with the resources we have? Because sometimes you can hear this and you're like, everybody else needs to. And my one challenge there is, yeah, and advocate and ask and refer and all those things. But what are we doing? Because each one of us is in front of kids. If you're a leader, you're in front of adults. What are we doing with our little sphere of influence? Because it can really make a huge difference. Um, So I wanted to share, Stuart. I just thought this is not any scientific or any research process, but I wanted to share with you um, um, just a couple of things that I've noticed uh, self-reg leaders uh, do differently. I have a list that they've told us that I'll I'll, I'll share with you. We'll be sure to put up I haven't heard this. Um, no, because I just thought about it this morning when I was trying to think, I'm like, okay, what do I notice differently? And I feel kind of uh, privileged and in the know right now. Um, uh, well, I know there's so many school leaders that, um, are, are, some of them are part of our team. They facilitate courses or whatever, but I know, uh, and, but also being able to work. Out there helps keep my feet grounded, um, but I have the the honor of uh, maybe we'll do a podcast. I'm hoping she will, but one of uh, a principal that we both have a lot of respect for, Kathy Lethbridge. We met her as a principal, then she went on to a district position, and she's back as a principal this year. And so it's sort of uh, that some conversations with her about about how she's going through it, like what is her approach, and we're putting together something for you for this summer symposium, so you'll get to learn. Uh, she's giving a talk, but we'll also have uh, some guidelines of things that she's learned in her first year. So that has helped me as well. Um, but these are just sort of top of the mind things that come to mind. So um, one of them is uh, so I have five that I just wanted to share. And so one of them is uh, is that they really uh, it has to be knowing some of the science. You don't need to know all of this. I can't pair it off what Stuart teaches, but I get the story. And, you know, they know there is more going on and they really look at themselves um, as sometimes we talk about it as making the weather. I think I heard that first from Jean Clinton, but also it's a culture of the school, right? Really seeing um, um, that, yeah. being the visionary, the hope. Uh, this isn't the, oh, I've got all this. This is okay. We're setting the tone in the school. And look, in that sick situation, it's not all uh, roses, Sometimes you've got to deal with some things very directly, respectfully, and all of those things. So that's that's one of them, um, and really uh, um, seeing the kids differently, and when the adults don't helping them see those kids differently, and bringing those same soft eyes uh, to to the adults that are struggling as we do to the kids. So so that's one. The second one that that I've noticed is is linked to. I think I just kind of said that, but they really see. Um, self-reg as being part of all they do with their HR hat. Um, So HR is time consuming. We have shortages everywhere, hiring, trying to feel like it's, it's, it's unbelievable what COVID has done to this. Um, But even pre COVID, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work for, for leaders. Um, And especially when you have, you're trying to get everybody making the same movie, but people come with their different belief systems and you know, so really taking an HR an HR lens. Um, so what does that mean? It means okay, I am going to put on a staff meeting. Uh, okay, we maybe you're going to bring coffee and 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 nibbles. What else? Right. Are you going to sit and talk for an hour straight at the end of an eight hour day with kids? Uh, right. How do we go about that? How do we allow for voices to be heard? How do we make it really shared responses? So really taking an HR lens, what do we do when someone's off sick? And maybe it's again and again and again, and how do we, how do we make that person feel? And how yeah. do we, how do we protect them from, you know, all of those sorts of things. It it goes with, if you've got a gossip problem in your school, Um, see that as a sign of, of stress and not cohesion. What can you do about it? You can come down with the hammer. What else can you do, right? And sometimes it's not anything directly. Sometimes it's giving your team an opportunity to do something that's not head to head, right? I had my, my, my boss when I was a direct, um, I guess a coordinator at the ministry in, um, I laugh, you're going to understand why I laugh in a second, but in the Northwest Territories, I know, I guess it was when I was a director. um, um, And so the deputy minister and the, um, um, and the minister, uh, um, the deputy minister and the assistant deputy minister, uh, they hosted a night at one of the, they were both foodies and they invited us all to come to be Uh, fed and watered (laughs) but even just the language of fed and watered right like you know and it was just a dinner (laughs) another time we went on on the land for um uh for our leadership work and uh one of the rules was we weren't allowed to bring flip charts and yes we did some planning but we also did some other things so these i know you don't all have that that those opportunities but what can you do it's always a. that's
1: great i loved your dm (laughs)
0: she was a firestorm my 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 associate i it was the associate dm there was an adm and an associate dm was was it was a character too so uh, they both were long retired um so number three is a really uh a key one and it is they i like i'd like to put it like go where the light is. I this is not an idea that's original for me. There was a book that influenced me years ago um that was uh, I think it was 10 things that great principals do differently. I think it's Todd Cunningham and, and 10 things that great teachers do differently. And so it's just the gist of his idea. He's he spoke at a conference I was at recently and really talked about changing culture of the school. And so that is that's what this uh, Rita Russo is trying to do, changing the culture to be more inclusive in in the whole KP, in the whole district where we are. Um, but it is, uh, you know, and it's a really it, we tend to want to re- work on the ones that struggle the most. We do that as teachers, you know, remediate, 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 and often the kids that need the the best quality pedagogy or higher level, you know, get the remediation. So we go in. <laughs> So this is the opposite. You deal with what you've got to deal with. As a, as a leader, you have to deal with things that are are outside of whatever is the expectations. And you deal with those the way you, you need to deal with them, right? Um, but this is saying, don't try to convince. Um, I, I like the hamburger model of leadership. You do wherever you can get it in the, the top of the bun, uh, a little bit in a staff meeting, in the strategic plan, uh, a, 10 minutes at part of your staff meetings, all of those things you do. Um, one leader I have respect, a lot of respect for, uh, with us is Kim. She used to make, um, uh, if anybody brought, uh, a, a behavior challenge and we need another assistant for this kid. Yes, sometimes yeah. you do. Uh, but before you do, let's sit down and talk about it. And she would insist that they read something self-reg before they came and had the conversation. She said, I will have this conversation with you. That's you great. Or this. I do?
1: didn't know. I didn't know Kim did that. That's great. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. so, um, but, but, so you do that at the top level, but this cannot be a top down. It is grassroots is where that's where the change happens. i I, I don't want you to forget that 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 top layer matters, and we've learned that the hard way, places where um it was all grassroots, uh, you know, and and there's not the support of the of of you know whatever whoever you're reporting with that that can only last so long so you need both but you can't top down this and nor should you uh, to be honest with you from a self-reg science lens nor should you Um, so the the magic is in the grassroots and so the third thing that they really do like I've talked a lot there but is they focus on the people who want it Uh, I saw a great video Claudio did uh, Claudio Moschella another principal um, on the Pearson website. We'll see if we can link the video for you to see where he talked about hearing us talk about this at a conference we did in uh, in Toronto some years ago. And it was like, well, where do I start? Start with the ones whose eyes light up. So that's what he said he did. He went in and did a staff meeting and he saw the crossed arms and, <laughs> but then he looked for the, oh, and those were the ones you pay the attention to. And it's not ignoring the others, um, but notice the ones facilitate their learning, amplify their voice, is the third one that I notice, um, the fourth one I notice is that um, they don't separate pedagogy and curriculum and learning um, from from self-reg. So it's not this is an add-on for well-being or mental health or safe schools. Like they do it in all these different ways, um, but this is also, uh, you know, about about it, it over it it. it 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 integrates with absolutely everything, and the fifth one um, is is one that I know. Well, even I still work on, but they also realize this is about them as well, and so they're working on their own self reg, and they're they're always trying to notice. Okay, oh, I went a little red brain there. I went, you know, it's like, hmm, why is this one triggering me? And and always trying to do the work. Um, many many are are able to be vulnerable and tell some of their own stories, which. Uh, You don't have to do that, but it's one of the best ways to to connect with people when they realize, you know, you know a lot of stuff, but you're also acknowledging you're human. So those are my five. How would you like to go on to that? That's (laughs)
1: just wonderful.
0: (laughs) What have you noticed?
1: Um, You know, when you were going through your list, it reminded me of something. uh, So I got mentored by Stanley Greenspan and uh, it reminded me of an experience that i once had um we were in stan's office with two parents and their child um the child was around three or four um uh verbal autistic but uh, all sorts of problems and uh stanley was talking to the parents and uh, after the session, um, I said to him something like, um, I didn't understand what the father meant when he said such and such. And Stanley looked at me a bit surprised. He said, the father said that? And I said, yeah. When you when you said such, he then asked, oh, did he? And I said, um, you're not listening. I can't remember how I said it, but I said, were you not listening to what he said? And Stanley's answer was, uh, no, not at all. I was listening to how he said it. Wow. Yeah, was, <laughs> uh, for me, that was a real, and, uh, and uh, I've used that. So my older boy has autism and when he goes red brain, you know, he can say some, uh, he can say some pretty hurtful things and I never hear them all i hear is you know he's still just a kid and i just hear that voice um that's saying uh, i need help and what i have noticed is the self-reg leaders are listening to the kids voice they are listening to um, what Susan said right at the start today, they're listening to those limbic utterances. They're listening to, and they, the ones that are doing the best, it strikes me they're the ones who realize these are just kids. Mm-hmm. And these are kids whose brains are nowhere near finished developing, especially the parts of the brain that we think When they start to speak, they should have full control. They should have self-control. Well, that's not going to happen until the mid twenties. If then what they, what they realize is that when a kid is overwhelmed, they can't handle the stress on their own. They need me to be that co-regulating force until they can return to to that calm, balanced state and learn why they threw the rock, that you don't throw the rock, that you don't hit others. But in order for them to truly learn and to feel all of these, um, we have these wonderful... Uh, I'm trying to think of a way of saying this that's non-scientific. We get these wonderful feelings when we do nice things, when we do kind things, when we when we are uh, considerate. Those reactions are blocked when we are overwhelmed, when we are overstressed, especially when you're a kid. And so they don't ever see a bad kid. They don't ever see a lazy kid or a stupid kid they see a child and they see a child that has become dysregulated for reasons that I may never even know. And they help that child restore balance. And now I just finish by picking up on the last thing that Susan just said. It's not just a case of, you know, the cobbler needs to tend to their own shoes by helping that child experience those neurochemicals that feel good they will get the same neural chemicals they will have that's how our brain was designed they the very act of helping the child feel this gives it to us the surest way to not help the child feel that help ourselves feel that is to go self-control self-control is the ultimate maladaptive way of dealing with things so that's what i see that's what i feel and that's what i mentioned before i find very inspiring to see the impact that tmc is having um even on those who uh initially resisted us um uh for me this is very exciting It, it it's i don't know i i This has been a tough period. You go through tough periods. And to see, um, I don't know, people like Kathy uh, influencing a much wider population than the parents of the kids that are in her school now. That, that for me, is what you and I dreamt about, uh, what, nine years ago now, 10 years ago.
0: You you sent the team. We always do messages for our team uh, right before, uh, well, it's right before Christmas, but we have people of all different uh, faces and backgrounds. And so it's sort of a year-end message from us. And y- your message this year was uh, um, you give me hope and you give me purpose. Uh, yep. It's why we do this. I, I want to uh, just end on uh, on on one note. So those of you out there, like how? And if you felt yourself um, hearing that and wanting to be there, but thinking, oh, there's this whole readiness before I'm ready for that it's <laughs> the exact opposite. And and I have to tell you, even like today, all the, all, I still find moments where I jump to it's, you know, oh, you need to be more motivated, <laughs> you know, and that's, those are just, okay, you know, why am I now? And I have to remind myself. So oh, it's, that's it's good. constant work. Um, but here's one of the magic things that I think needs to happen in, in schools. Um, and, The bottom line is you would be talking about self-break havens. You're not going to get there and, and you're not going to get there until we change. Um, You know, one of the things that someone here, uh, one of the principles said in this list that I have that will be linked to this video was changing mindsets, but it's, it's heart sets. And you're not going to get everybody and don't be afraid of resistance. There's lots of research out there that resistance actually um, welcome it. It's telling you something. It doesn't mean uh, that you need to stop, you know, t- talking, helping people understand it, but it's that drip, drip, drip effect, right? So, so that you know, you really, we until we can see differently. That's why reframing is the very first step of self-reg. Uh, and if we don't reframe, if we're not able to see beyond the oh, it was choice. I find that many people find it very easy for some kids. And impossible for that other kid. You know, the one with yep. the smirk, or the one who says, "Yeah, I hit him because yep. it was fun." Yep. Yep. Right? How do I see that? Well, we gotta do it, right? Um, but the key is, like, we think, "Oh, that means going soft." No, it means absolutely the opposite. It means letting that language go. Uh, but it's like, what and what now? You know, what am I gonna do? you know, that child needs to feel not alone, that teenager, whatever. Um, But you're thinking, well, it doesn't make the school safe. It it makes it safer. What we're doing right now is we seem to have, some of you have a tiered approach, okay? We don't necessarily talk tons and tiers, but self rate can fit in there. It's not a program. Um, And the tiers, sort of the three tiers with, you know, the base being the universal, the second being some interventions. Everything we do is an intervention, right? But some interventions, and the third is we call them the specialists, basically, Well, we've skipped, you know, in so many of these challenging areas, we skip straight to number three, ask any person in in a supporting role, how many referrals they're getting and they're run off their feet. And and that is a piece of it, you know, and you might say funding, funding, funding. Yeah, um, I'm not against more funding more people. I think that's important too. uh, But we're missing the universal level. And I, I've seen it with my own eyes. We have a research network that, is, uh, um, that we're going to be part of that's evolving. We'll spread, spend more, share more with you on a future episode. Um, but what happens when you take this universal approach, the, okay, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a clinician, uh, but I can connect with every child. I can try, you know, keep that we're seeing way less behaviors, way less need for that intervention. You still need some. Um, but what happens when we get the universal level right? When that kid walks in and says, ah, "I, you know, I got that security steward talks about," and if you've got one that you never see that, or they run off, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, run off their feet. Okay, what more can I do? I often like to think about, okay, uh, you know, what would happen if someone else was in there observing? What other things would you notice? How do you start your day? How do you, know, how do you introduce new ideas? What, what happens when something goes wrong? A meteor lands in your backyard. <laughs> you know, what happened to your curriculum for that day? That kind of thing, right? Know your curriculum, but there's more to it. So it, it really is working at the universal level. And there is always more we can do. More we can do in the environments. Where More we can do in the relationships. More we can do in what do we do when they're late? What do we do when they, you know, they get in a fight? How are our discipline protocols? You know, how do we deal with, things that, that maybe Christ you may notice that there's, some, there's a, a child in need. We believe them, first of all, that there's something more going on. And look, some of them show us in the most um, unloving ways. <laughs> Those are the kids that need us the most. So it really is looking at the universal level. I highly recommend you consider if this has sparked your interest and you're like, how, 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 uh, we're not a program. But it's SelfReg as a framework offers all kinds of strategies, all kinds of tools, all kinds of paths. We have the SelfReg Schools Handbook and the SelfReg Schools um, course, which our next cohort starts May fifth. And Kathy Lethbridge, that we've been singing her praises, is the facilitator for that course. You're with other leaders in different roles, um, so you can come and learn a lot more. So those are those are two. Uh, opportunities for you to learn more. But the biggest one is thinking, okay, um, where do I start? Where do I start? And, and starting by learning a bit of the science, uh, learning a bit more so that you can recognize stress behavior, so that you can recognize when you slip That's into self control, so that you can recognize, okay, this, this person does not need me to sit them down and reprimand this person needs to feel felt first. And, and then all of those things, you know, will come along. And, uh, and, and how can I move my team along? But I have to do it in ways that, just looking at this list here, uh, one of them is we need to be invited in. Okay, that's that top, you know, that hamburger bun thing. Of who's asking for it? Someone's struggling with a kid. Okay, let's sit down and think about this in different ways, right? Um, amplifying the difference makers, recognizing, uh, you know, working on shifting mindsets. Uh, taking care of our own self-reg is on this list. Encouraging, validating what people are already doing. That's another huge one. Lots, self-reg can be used to be explain what's working. You're like, they don't want the language. Okay, find me an educator who's doing a great job, who actually is handling these kids just fine. Let's go have a look. And if you know enough self-reg, you can explain it through this self-reg, right? It's there, it's there, it's there. So I'm going to end it and give you the last line, Stuart. Leaders, educators, whether you're in the early years, schools, uh, anywhere, in any kind of system, uh, thank you for all that you do. And thank you for all that you are. And please, we invite you to come and join and learn more with us if uh, if we've sparked your interest today.
1: Well, I just want to add one more group um, to... Uh, encourage parents to take the school leadership course as well. Uh, and if you're a parent and, you know, you you want to be a part of the school's culture or you want to help change the school's culture um, in the ways that Susan's described today, come and take this course. Be that, be that positive influence, not just for your own kids but for all of these kids. Um, And I also see that happening. I see just this morning, um, Rob, who Susan knows really well, was all excited because uh, one of the teachers, uh, his kid also goes to our school district. um, And one of the teachers has very kindly taken on his daughter's problems in math. And the kid now loves math. Um, And it's... And he was just so happy. And he said to me, boy, this self reg stuff is really great. (laughs) So we should get Rob on the.
0: (laughs) I love, I love that you've shared that. I'm going to make sure this goes out on our parenting Facebook group. Sometimes people can be very frustrated and how do you change? And it's, it's one conversation at a time. And, and, and honestly, parents don't feel intimidated at joining this because you can be a huge source of learning. (laughs) I I like when parents and teachers and people in the field keep my feet on the ground. And it's like, remind me, uh, (laughs) that's all fine for you, Susan, behind your, you know, your video camera. And you can do the same sort of thing for schools and have that, that voice. We would love to have you join, learn how to advocate from within. There are ways to advocate and, and impact change. And to do it positively and, and understanding from within can be a really, a really big uh, starting place. So thank you, Stuart. Okay, Thanks guys. You. <laughs> We've got episode 12 coming for you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.